We have much to celebrate today on episode 114. It is King Charles's 75th birthday today as we record November 14th. It also happens to be Podcast Royals three-year anniversary and The Crown premieres this week, the sixth and final season. So we've got a lot to celebrate. How are you, Jessica? Hey, I'm doing well and happy anniversary to you, Rachel. Happy anniversary to you. I I have a Dr. Pepper, like zero sugar drink. So that's what I'm toasting you with right now. <laughs> well, I have a raspberry flavored electrolyte water. So <laughs> my God, you're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the saddest celebration I've ever heard, but cheers, well, cheers. cheers to us nonetheless. <laughs> Happy three, year, three years. That is that is five seconds ago and an eternity ago, all at the same time. I know. Well, I'm really happy our listeners are here and many of them have been here for the three years. So thanks for sticking with us. It's, yes. it's been a lot of fun for sure. 114 episodes in three years. Not bad. Rachel, I've got to ask you, are you going into hiding this week like you do when the crown comes out? Are you are we not going to hear from you <laughs> until you're done watching? Well, <laughs> I've made okay, first of all, so the crown is doing it differently than they've done it in the past. So they're splitting it into two parts, right? So there's only going to be mm-hmm. four episodes on Thursday. I don't know how this happened because Thursday is my Saturday. You know that. So I work Mm -hmm. Saturday to Wednesday. So Thursday is my Saturday. So on Thursdays, I usually load up my day with meetings and, um, which is a mistake, first of all, because I need to recharge, but I load up with, um, like, you know, side, side hustles, side projects that I'm doing. And I've done that on Thursday. So I have five, I think five meetings, which, That makes me so sad because all I want to do is hole up and just disappear, but I will watch it at some point on Thursday, I'm sure. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So I don't know. I'll have to see how my schedule goes. And of course, as much as I enjoy The Crown, I'm not going to let that conflict with Great British Baking Show, which premieres again (laughs) on Friday. So I will fit The Crown in around around that. (laughs) That is not a priority of mine, but you do you. That Okay, look, I don't watch a lot of TV, but that is the one thing that I do not miss. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I will be done with it. It's only four episodes, so I will be done with it by Friday at the very latest. Well, definitely, I will definitely be done with it in time to talk about it next week on the show. Cool. Well, speaking of British food, Mm. let's jump into a bit of British. Let's do it. Okay. So today's bit of British segment is of course another British food item as I just kind of teed up there. And it's something that I've been really excited to share. I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about this already, but today we're going to talk about jam tarts. So before we jump into this, Rachel, have you ever had a jam tart? I have not. I've never even heard of it. Really? Okay. Never. But I also don't watch Great British Baking Show. So. Well, I don't know that these, I don't know that I've seen these on Great British Baking Show. They're pretty, they're pretty simple. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with them. And so before we talk about them, I've got to say, I think the British, I am convinced the British will eat anything cooked into a pie. And I totally get that. I mean, it is the ultimate comfort food. You think of like shepherd's pie, pork pie, little pastries, Cornish pasties, you know, as I think, I think I've heard of fish pie. I've never had that, but I've seen, Mm -hmm. I've seen that, you know, that before. Anyway, I also think it's the perfect time of year to talk on the podcast about 
food baked in a pastry crust because we are nearing the holiday season. So for listeners who maybe aren't familiar, jam tarts look like little miniature pies. So they are round pastry crusts and they're filled with a jam or a marmalade and they're baked just like a pie and they're really, really yummy. So let me give you a little backstory about my experience with them. When we were in England several years ago, we stopped at this little outdoor market in a little town and we were just kind of browsing one morning and we picked up a tray of jam tarts. I think my grandmother um, wanted to get them. And if I remember correctly, so there were four flavors. One was a lemon curd tart. One had like a red fruit jam. I think it might've been raspberry or maybe strawberry. There were almond tarts and there were coconut tarts. And, you know, they're about the size of your palm. And I have a picture of the ones we bought, Rachel. So I'll share that with you after the podcast and you can see what I'm talking about. And and I can put it on our Instagram too. Yeah, for sure. I did find a blog this week when I was looking to get a little bit more backstory on these. And I think it was called traditionalplantbasedcooking.com or something. Um, And they talked about jam tarts and they said the concept of a small fruit or jam pie has been around in England for centuries, but they really got popular during the Victorian times. And the blogger listed some popular flavors that you might see the tarts come in. So I know I mentioned a few, but she also said strawberry, raspberry, blackcurrant, blackberry, orange, apricot, blueberry, gooseberry, lemon or lime marmalade. And then she also mentioned ginger or pineapple preserve tarts. So a lot of flavor options there. And we can talk about how to actually go about making them if you want to do this at home. So you'll take a pastry crust and you'll cut little small circles so you can get like a glass and turn it upside down and cut out your circles. And then you'll press the pastry crust into a jam tart pan. You'll fill the tart with your jam or marmalade and you'll bake it in the oven. And so another fun fact, when I was in England, after we had these tarts, I was like, I have to make these at home. So we went into a store one day and I bought a jam tart pan in England and I've got it here because I thought, when am I ever going to get one of these? I've never seen them in the U.S. And even to this day, I haven't seen them in the U.S., but I will say I did a search on Amazon before we started recording and they are abundant on Amazon. So if any listeners want to buy one of these, you can find it there. But the jam tart pan kind of looks like a muffin pan, but the little dips in the pan, of course, are more shallow for a little miniature pie. So I don't know if that sounds good to you, Rachel, but they're the cutest little treat. Yeah, sounds good. Make some and I'll come have some with you. Definitely. Yeah. And if you're wondering, you know, when you might have one of these, so I think they're popular for tea parties, garden parties, picnics, you know, family gatherings. And I I was thinking for our Anglophiles, it would be really cool to make some of these, like if you're decorating your Christmas tree or even to take a tray to your Thanksgiving dinner. And if you've got family members who have never had them before, it could be a really good conversation starter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you can listeners tell them all that you learned on Podcast Royal about them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if you do, if if we have listeners who have had these before, let us know your thoughts. Um, If you do make them, you know, they can be as complicated or as simple as you want. If you want to go the homemade route and make your own pastry crust and your own homemade jam, you can get fancy like that. If you want to do store-bought on both, they 
really don't take more than a few minutes to bake up in the oven. So just a fun little treat. And I thought that was a way overdue bit of British food item to share today. Yeah, we didn't have bit of British last week, so it's good to have it back. Yeah, for sure. Well, that wraps up that segment. So I know we are going to jump into Royal Rundown. And before I let you kick us off on new stories that happened last week, I'm going to give a quick heads up for listeners about some things that are coming up. So the president of South Korea and his wife are scheduled for a state visit to the UK next week from November 21st through the 23rd, and they'll be hosted by King Charles and Queen Camilla at Buckingham Palace. So stay tuned for more on that. And then later this week on the 16th, Prince Edward, the Duke of Edinburgh, will visit New Zealand for the 60th anniversary of the Duke of Edinburgh's Hillary Awards, which recognizes young people for developing skills and tools to better themselves in their communities. And it actually looks like he may be planning to do a few other stops on this trip. I saw online where it's suggested that he may be stopping in Australia, Singapore, and Indonesia. So we'll look out for that, but more on those next week. There you go. Well, we love a good Kate and Camo moment, and we got one this week as she made her debut in a new title she received from King Charles over the summer, the Colonel-in-Chief of the First Queen's Dragoon Guard. So apparently, Kate was a natural, which of course she was, at driving an armored vehicle while at the engagement. Um, Someone on site said it's probably because she drives a Land Rover back at home. She practiced communicating via radio. She met with families to hear about their experiences. So it looked like a really good visit. Yeah, I enjoy seeing those photos, but I wanted to ask you, I feel like I've seen chatter before online that some people feel as though, and I don't think we've talked about this on the pod before, but some people feel like Maybe royals shouldn't wear the uniform if they haven't served. And I want to get your thoughts on that because we, I mean, we've seen her in camo a few times and and I'm just curious if you have an opinion there. Well, I haven't really thought about it, but I understand the sentiment because the uniform is something that is earned. You, you know, you have to earn the right to wear that uniform and it's a lot of work to earn the right to wear any uniform really, but it's part of Kate's role. And in her position as Princess of Wales and the king bestowed this title on her. And if everybody at the first Queen's Dragoon Guards is okay with it, then I'm okay with it. (laughs) I totally agree with you. I had the same thoughts. I understand where people are coming from when they feel that way completely. Um, But also in her role as this, I think it goes a long way to show that she's taking time to go visit and they welcome their her there and offer her, you know, a uniform to put on and she gets there and does it. And, and I, you know, it shows that she is making an effort to understand the experience and, you know, I mean, she could just show up and wave and she goes and does more than that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that says a lot about the work she's doing. Yeah, I agree. And these visits always end with people really happy that she came really impressed with the homework that she did. And I know that um, they were impressed. Also, we'll talk about Harry and Megan in a minute, but when they went to Camp Pendleton, that they were really impressed that Harry and Megan had done their homework. And so, I mean, I think that it's bringing aware. I mean, how would you, how would we have known about the first Queens Dragoon Guards were it not for Kate's right. engagement? So I think that 
if they, again, if they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. What, what, what say do I have, you know, as someone who's never served in the military in the U S or the UK. So, you know, I think that she's bringing awareness to them. That's the point. And I think that those photos of her in camo, they made headlines, you know, because it's cool. Like she looks, she looks fierce and I, I'm, I'm all for it if they're all for it. Well, and it it just goes back to how powerful the clothes that she wears really are, you know, fashion, whether it's like, you know, high-end fashion or whether it's camo, it draws an interest. And like you said, it brings attention to, um, to what she's doing. And so that, that ultimately is a good thing. Yeah, I am. I am okay with it. And so I want to wrap up William's visit to Singapore for the Earthshot Prize Awards. He was there for four days. I think he left on a Wednesday. We recorded on a Tuesday. So, but he said some things on Wednesday that were pretty powerful. And although we covered most of the Singapore trip, that last day, he made some comments about the future of the monarchy that I feel deserve mention here. So I'm just going to let William's words do the talking. This is him. So I think the thing that ties it all together for me is about social leadership. I care about so many things. And previously, the family have been very much spotlighting brilliantly and going around and highlighting lots. I want to go a step further. I want to actually bring change. And I want to bring people to the table who can do the change if I can't do it. And so it's all about progressing, helping, and advancing particular social causes that need to be given more support. I've been in the homelessness sector for a long time now. And so rather than just being patron, I want to do more. I want to actually build the homes. I want to provide them with the mental support, all the employment and the education they might need. So I'm going to pause there. We're not done with William's comments, but I believe honestly that this outlines the new way forward for William and Kate too. So instead of spreading themselves so thin and focusing on hundreds of patronages, I mean, I can't tell you the exact number off the top of my head, but I think Princess Anne has at least a couple hundred patronages. Like that's too too much for one person to be able to meaningfully dig into the work of each of each one. You might get one visit a year, you know, and I think the future will see William picking a cause like homelessness, that's a passion project of his, or Kate picking a cause like early childhood development, which she's described as her life's work and taking that, as William said, a step further. So I feel like it's going to be rather than a hundred, I'm just arbitrarily making up numbers, rather than a hundred patronages that, you know, you are able to give 1% of your work to, make it five patronages that you're able to give 20% of your work to and make it work that you're really passionate about. I think that there are going to be a lot of changes in the monarchy, obviously, when William is on the throne and and perhaps even before that, as his influence sneaks into King Charles's reign. So I want to stop here because I'm not done with William's comments yet, but I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that? Because some of the things he he's saying is that's pretty strong language. Language he says, "I want to go a step further. I want to actually bring change." You know, it's it's uh, it's strong language. So I wondered if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. I feel like we can really really feel his passion toward the work that he's doing. And I also think you're right about him and Catherine wanting to really focus on a few issues that will define his time as monarch. And, you know, his reign might be very different from Charles, but it does seem like the issues that they're passionate about 
do complement each other. And I know we've mentioned that before and we'll talk about it again later in this episode. But I think it's I think it's interesting to hear him speak on this. So I mean, so much in detail and and really share, you know, it's not like we're just having to watch events take place and put together how we think he's feeling. He's actually telling us. So that's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that's and that's something that I do like about William is that he he says what he needs to say. You know, I re- I'm just thinking right now of the Caribbean tour and how he put out that statement before they'd even gotten home. I mean, he just says it, you know, he doesn't, he, while still very much, you know, playing inside of Royal protocol, but also doing it his way. And I want to go back to William's words. Cause he said quite a bit in, in this, uh, in this, it wasn't an interview. It was kind of like, he was talking to reporters and, uh, you know, I think he was just really speaking from the heart. And he said, so all these wraparound services, it's kind of going deeper and longer than it is the case of just having loads of causes that you sort of turn up and keep an eye on. It's more about how do I show my intent more? How do we do more for you and give you a better, better future? But you have to remain focused. If you spread yourself too thin, you just can't manage it and you won't deliver the impact or the change that you really want to happen. Then he also said about the Earthshot Prize Awards that people think this is just philanthropy. They think it's just a prize ceremony. It's not. It's so much more. It's about how much impact can we achieve by scaling and building up and spotlighting these incredible people with brilliant solutions. We've just got to join some more dots between policy regulators, government's money, and then you blend it all together and see the impact from that. So yeah, I think it's going to be, again, it's going to be a new way forward. It's going to be, you know, two, three, four, five causes for William, for Kate, And that's what their focus is going to be instead of, as he said, spreading ourselves so thin. So I think it's an interesting look into the future. He's not on the throne yet. So he needs to, you know, be the heir to the throne that he is, the Prince of Wales and support his father and his reign. But it's going to be a different it's going to be different as, as we go forward. And that's okay because the mod, the monarchy, let's be honest, the monarchy has got to modernize or it's not going to make it. And so I think William is very aware of that and is responding to that. Well, you know, something that I like about William, he has a different sort of comfort level when it comes to the Royal family. And, you know, of course, there's been so much talk about the difference in the royal family and the institution. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we see a lot of people in that space, a lot of royals really wrestling with how they navigate those relationships and maybe being fearful of what they can say or what they should say and being afraid to say anything. And I don't get that he has that same struggle. Not that he, you know, it never bothers him, but I feel like he's just a lot more comfortable in who he is and his role. And he's been around this institution his whole life. And if he wants to say something, he's going to just say it, you know, it's like, he's Mm going to just say, I'll follow protocol, you know, sometimes when I need to, but if I need to actually say something out of my own mouth, I'm not afraid to do that. And I like that about him. Well, what are they going to do? Fire him from the job? Exactly. I mean, like, right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but, but, but you know, he's tactful when he does it too. Sure. You know, he's yeah, careful he's not going to step out of bounds or anything like that. No. I mean, he's honestly, he's, he's, I, this makes him sound like a dog, but he's too well-trained to do that. And sure. so he's going to stay inside the lines, but he's going to do it his way. I agree. So that, I just found, found that very interesting, very candid, which of course we always appreciate and just it's again, it's just going to be interesting to see 
how it all goes and how it all shakes out for the rest. I mean, King Charles's reign is just beginning. It's just barely scratched the surface. We're only not even a year and a half in. May he have many, many, many more years on the throne. But I don't know. It's it's going to be a fun ride. It's been a fun ride and it will continue to be. So this week was Remembrance Week in the UK. And as per tradition, the Royals attended the Festival of Remembrance at Royal Albert Hall on Saturday night. The event honors fallen soldiers from the UK and the Commonwealth. And this year, Kate wore, back to what Kate is wearing, Queen Elizabeth's three-strand pearl necklace and a pair also of her diamond and pearl earrings to honor her. The Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh, Princess Anne, and Vice Admiral Sir Timothy Lawrence, the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, and the Duke of Kent were also there, along with, of course, the King and Queen. It was an extra special occasion this year. They do this at Royal Albert Hall every year, but this year was especially special because new statues of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip were unveiled at Royal Albert Hall. And naturally, I mean, who can blame him? Charles appeared to get emotional when he saw the statues of his late parents, which are quite striking and, and beautiful. And um, I wondered if you had any thoughts on the statues, because I'm sure if we haven't put a picture on our Instagram, then I'm sure we will because they are, they're really powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I saw the photos and I thought they were great. I thought, uh, like you said, they were, they were really beautiful statues and uh, they were quite grand. I mean, yeah. you know, when you see a photo, it sometimes it's hard to tell the actual size of something, but I saw a person standing at the bottom of it and I thought, uh-huh. oh, wow, that is, that is really big. Uh, but I thought yeah. they looked great. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're going to continue to see more tributes play out, um, you know, as, as there has now been time to create things like this. I mean, she's been gone for what, how many months is that? 14 months. And so, you know, those things take time. So, um, I thought it was beautiful. And then, so the next day, Sunday was remembrance Sunday again, as per tradition, we, I mean, we do this every year and I say that lovingly, like, not like, Oh my God, here we go again. But I love that's that I'm a creature of habit and routine. And so I really love the staple events in the Royal diary that we can always count on and remembrance is one of them. So the next day was remembrance Sunday per tradition. The Royals were at the cenotaph that morning to lay wreaths for fallen soldiers, Camilla and Kate, as they typically do watched from a balcony at the foreign office as their husbands laid wreaths. There was the traditional two minute moment of silence at 11 a.m., The king, for those wondering, was wearing the uniform of the Marshal of the Royal Air Force with great coat and sword. The Prince of Wales, very distinct red collar on his uniform. He wore his officer's cloak of the Blues and Royals in the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. Kate was wearing a rewear of a Catherine Walker look, but she added something new. So she wore earrings of Queen Elizabeth that had actually never been seen before from her collection. They were quite bold. Did you see them? Oh my gosh, there was so much buzz about the earrings and I love seeing her wear items that belong to the queen. I thought they were really very pretty. I hope we see them again. I hope we do too, because I, I do think that they made a splash and I, I think we'll see them again, but you can't miss them because they were, they were so bold and they were beautiful. So mm-hmm. I also want to make mention that Harry and Meghan also marked remembrance though, of course, in the U.S., As I said at the top of the episode, they visited San Diego last Wednesday for a series of events. They spent the morning at Camp Pendleton and took part in the grand opening of the Navy SEAL Foundation's Warrior Fitness Program West Coast facility. And then the next day, tying back to his 10 years of service in the British Army, Harry was named a global ambassador for a charity in the UK 
I love this, that supports young people who are bereaved after losing a military parent. And that organization is called Scotty's Little Soldiers. And speaking of Harry, good news for him on the legal front this week. The case brought by Harry and other celebrities like Elton John and Elizabeth Hurley against the Daily Mail, the Mail on Sunday, and Mail Online will go ahead to trial. And that is per a ruling by a judge. The group's suit is against Associated Newspapers for unlawful information gathering. We've talked about this on the show much in the past, uh, like placing listening devices in cars and homes and recording private telephone calls. So the case will go to trial at a later date. We're not sure when that is yet, but there is another preliminary hearing on the case and that will be on November 21st. So that is a week from today. So do we think Prince Harry will be in the UK for the preliminary hearing? No, I don't think so because that's too close to Thanksgiving. I think, I think he will, I'm not a fortune teller, but I think he will probably skip that. Yeah, I wasn't sure what the standard expectation was for that. But I know as we discussed last week, it doesn't sound like he made it to the UK for the King's birthday. No, Um, but he did call him. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, speaking of birthdays, we actually missed a birthday announcement. She's one of my favorites. So I'm sad that we missed this, but we did. Well, with all the news going on, I guess, you know, something had to slip through the cracks. But after we recorded that following day, Lady Louise, daughter of Prince Edward and Sophie, turned 20 years old. So hope she enjoyed her special day. Happy belated birthday to Louise. Yes, I am a huge fan. So happy birthday. And for the big birthday this week, I know we've mentioned it many, many times leading up to the podcast and today already, but King Charles turns 75 to day, today, right? We're recording on the 14th. Yep, yeah. Yep, <laughs> okay. Right um, here and now. Well, he didn't wait to kick off celebrations until the 14th though. So yesterday, I, I loved this story. I hope our listeners saw this because this is the kind of stuff that just makes me love royal reporting or some of the fun things that they do. The Prince's Foundation threw an early garden party style birthday party for King Charles and members of the public who are also turning 75 this year, born in 1948. And they actually held the event at a couple of locations, but King Charles attended the party at Highgrove and attendees who were there were actually nominated by family and friends for doing good work in the community. And then they had some sort of like ballot program to select who got to go. But at the party, they sang happy birthday to Charles. They had tea. They also had a three-tier birthday cake. And so the Princess Foundation actually does monthly dances. And the purpose of this is to provide an opportunity for socialization for people who may be at risk of loneliness. And so Charles' party was kind of designed after those events. They had dancing there. And it just looks like a lot of fun. I know you saw the pictures, Rachel. I did. And it's fun to see this come to life because we, we've talked about this a couple of times over the last month or whatever, and it was fun to see it come to fruition. Well, today, Charles and Camilla were kicking off the Coronation Food Project, and this project is aimed at addressing food waste and really just finding ways to take good unused food that may be tossed out and then make it available for people who are hungry and need it. And I really love this project's mission because I do feel like there's so much unnecessary food waste in the world. And it's such a shame to think about good food going in the trash when there are hungry people out there. And I just find it interesting 
to have a look at, you know, and, and this is where I said we were going to talk about this later, but have a look at Charles and Williams causes and what they support and how they sort of overlap in a way that complements each other. So, you know, we've got Charles' passion for the environment and sustainability. We have Williams' work with Earthshot Prize. And then we have Charles' work to decrease food waste and feed the hungry alongside Williams' work to end homelessness. So all of these causes really seem to work together rather than compete. And I really like that. Yeah, I really do too. And there, there is surely some method to the badness and how it all connects and ties together. I mean, even William said in his remarks, I don't think he used the word connecting the dots, but something like that, putting it all together. And speaking of the Coronation Food Project, Food waste really is a real issue. 14 million people in the UK live with food insecurity. So Charles is, yeah, I know. So Charles is actually on the cover of the Big Issue magazine, which is another connection to work Prince William has done. Remember when he went undercover in the streets of London, he was selling this magazine, the Big Issue to the public. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. So the Big Issue magazine is typically, I love, I love this, like it makes me almost emotional talking how it's so great talking or excuse me, typically sold by the homeless as a way to earn an income. So I, um, I, I think it's great. I mean, that is very much a Royal family trait is to take your birthday and use it for good. So happy birthday, your majesty. I agree. Happy birthday. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible Berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Rachel, are you ready for some Royals Around the World news? Uh, we got a doozy here today. So, yeah, I am, I think. Well, let's get started. So, I am super disappointed with the Royals Around the World news that we have to report on today. And I'm sure many of our listeners are probably aware of the online rumors that have been circulating. Uh, Over the past week or so related to Crown Prince Frederick of Denmark, he had an evening out in Madrid last month. And before we jump into this, I just have to just put it out there that listeners probably noticed that we intentionally didn't post anything about this on our social media page. In my opinion, and Rachel and I are on the same page, we've talked about this, um, you know, the podcast is a place where 
our listeners come and they do expect us to report on things happening in the news and share our thoughts. But when we have stories just surfacing online, I think social media like Instagram can actually be a really dangerous place because you have people out there who see something, they screenshot a photo, they share it to a page where millions of people can view anything that's posted. Um, you know, and I just don't want to contribute to unconfirmed rumors that could be hurtful to someone's reputation professionally and their personal life. And so we haven't shared anything about this on Instagram. And I, I don't know if you that. Need to say I anything. think that's the right move. Yeah. So with that being said, we will we'll talk a little bit about what was in the news here because um, we can provide a little bit more context and our, our opinions on this. Um, so last month, Crown Prince Frederick was in Madrid and he was actually photographed. He was out with Mexican-born socialite Genevieve Casanova, who I was not familiar with before this story came that's out. A, that's a hell of a name, though. It's a great name, actually. It, really, it actually really <laughs> is a great name, but anyway. So they were seen at a Picasso art exhibit, and they were also spotted around some other parts of town. But following the sightings, these rumors just started swirling about an affair because they were seen out in public together. And another interesting fact, so the news actually, it happened in October, but the news dropped later while the king and queen of Spain were visiting the Danish royal family mm-hmm. in Denmark, which I thought was an interesting tie-in. And I was wondering if they had any like offline conversations about that story with the Danish royals while they were visiting. I don't know, but isn't that kind of odd timing? Well, it's either odd timing or planned timing, but anyway, yeah. So Okay, so Genevieve, she quickly responded to these rumors. I mean, she wasted no time. She called her lawyer. She publicly denied any infidelity had occurred, and she threatened legal action if media outlets continued to publish stories that suggested this. And I'm going to read her quote. So she said, I flatly deny the statements that suggest a romantic relationship between Prince Frederick and me. Any statement of this type is not only completely untrue, but also distorts the facts in a malicious manner. This is already in the hands of my lawyers who will take care of the pertinent steps to protect my right to honor, truth, and privacy. So those are pretty strong words. Well, this sounds honestly exactly like Rose Hanbury and Prince William. I mean, this is like carbon copy, like Rose and William were at somewhere together. He happened, I think he was leaning over to talk to her because it was Mm. loud and it looked like he was kissing her and it was untrue. And it sounds like this is the same thing regurgitated in a different country. I just feel like, I mean, and we're going to get into this in a second, but my gut is that the paparazzi are always looking for an opportunity to stir up drama and make money. Oh yeah. Or the media. That's how they make their living. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's like, it's carbon copy, whether it's the British Royals or the Danish Royals, it's like, they have the same formula, you know? Yeah. I mean, their, their formula is to catch people of note, either doing something wrong or in a way that they can portray it, that they are doing something wrong. And it's just salacious. And I don't, I mean, I personally don't think there's any truth to this, but right. I agree to talk about it. So So it was also reported that Genevieve was actually not even the one originally scheduled to go to the exhibit with Frederick. It was a mutual friend of theirs who actually came down sick and couldn't attend. And so she stepped in to take their place. So they went to this art exhibit. They um, had a quick walk through the park and then they sought back at her place 
for a couple of hours where they changed and they went out to dinner at a restaurant where there were some flamenco dancers as entertainment. So I don't know, maybe it was a dressier kind of deal at the restaurant. Um, but all of this happened while Mary was actually in New York City for United Nations Day. And I remember seeing her there for that trip. So that's kind of when all this occurred. But since it's come out, we've seen Frederick and Mary together several times, really just kind of confirming their strong relationship. She's been standing by her husband. She's been super supportive of him through all of this. And we actually saw them last week. I think it was at the Light and Motion exhibit. And she was wearing a gold necklace, which had the capital letter F initial on it. I think she's worn it before. And I thought this was important because we know Royals really like to send subtle messages to the public when they're in a position where they can't really speak out about an issue and set a record straight. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the British Royals and, you know, wrestling with the institution and how communications flow and if they can say something. But she was, you know, she was showing her support there and and affirming their relationship, being strong and So I don't know, since we've been following this family on the pod, they seem super close knit. I was so surprised when these rumors came out that I immediately dismissed it as just rumors. Um, Like you said, Rachel, I I don't believe these to be true. Um, I don't think we'll get a direct response from them beyond just seeing them showing, you know, support of each other and and maybe her wearing some jewelry Mm -hmm. or or something that nods to him. But do you have any more thoughts on that? I really don't. I mean, I think that it's not true. And that's, and those are my thoughts. I think that it's conjecture. And um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think there's any there there. I agree. I agree. And you know, it's, it's a tough position. I think when you're a prince and you're traveling like that, there's probably some expectation that you're going to have someone in this other country, maybe host you around and, and guide you and take you out. And he was needing to meet with someone and um, you know, paparazzi just sees the opportunity it's yeah I mean just like like I didn't ever report on Rose Hanbury I'm not reporting on this either because I don't think it's true I just don't and that's not me being Pollyanna and naive I just don't think it's true like I don't think the facts back up anything of the sort like when you're when you're the heir to the throne you've got to be really a lot more careful than that and I don't think that he would be just at a very simplistic place here that dumb to put himself like it wouldn't be out in public you know what I mean like I'm not accusing anybody of having an affair but it wouldn't it it wouldn't happen that way I don't think even if it was happening which I don't think it is and so yeah I mean I just I think it's baseless I definitely think it brings some things to light for them as far as going forward in the future, how they have to be careful when they're arranging travel and, you know, thinking about how things can be spun. But, you know, I also think it's super insulting to Genevieve, you know, if none of this is true, like to assume that about her just because she was out, you know, you know, hosting someone like that's insulting. But then it's also, it's just super sad to put Mary in that position too. Like I feel so bad for her and all of this. And um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, we wanted to mention this on the podcast because it has been pretty much a viral story this last week. Well, just like last week with the Harry and Charles uh, birthday invitation, we would look asleep at the wheel 
if we didn't mention it. We're aware of it, but, and we'll address it and give our opinion, but I think we'd both rather not, but I mean, you know, that we've given our thoughts and I don't think it's true. And I, it's already dying down and, Mm -hmm. you know, the rumor mill will will move on and people will, will forget about this, but, you know, in its wake, there is this woman's life who now she, whether it's true or not, will be branded that way. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's really kind of callous the way that it's just, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not, it feels a little icky. I totally agree. So let's leave that there and let's move on to a couple more quick updates from other royals. I just want to mention this. I was really happy to see Crown Princess met Merit of Norway. Looks like she's still doing great. Um, She was out with uh, Crown Prince Hakan. They visited Germany. And if you'll remember, she was supposed to pause all of her duties through the fall, um, through through the holidays. But they made this trip where they recognized the anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, which occurred November 9th, 1989. And they laid roses at the memorial. And she actually, Princess met Merritt, actually gave a speech. And so she mentioned the current wars taking place around the world. And she expressed hope that conflicts would be resolved. And she pointed to the German people as an example of that. So um, I thought that was interesting. And I thought it was great to see her out working and, and traveling. Yeah, I mean, just continued prayers for good health. Yeah. And then some other fun news. So King Willem Alexander of the Netherlands and Queen Maxima have released new portraits to mark his 10th anniversary as king. And I thought these pictures were beautiful. And so I had to put them in the notes to show you, Rachel. And okay, (laughs) we can chat about this. But remember a few weeks ago, I just went on and on and on about the um, girls of Great Britain and Ireland tiara being my Uh absolute favorite. Uh-huh. Okay, it's it's still my absolute favorite, but this tiara could be a really close tie because yeah. it is beautiful. I need to look up the name of this one that Maxima is wearing. Stunning. I love this it tiara is. and I, I just love the photos. Well, so the one, uh, listeners, you can't see this, but the one on the right looks like a very standard posed photo of a king and a queen. She's sitting, he's standing behind her with his hand on her shoulder, but then this black and white one, she's looking in the mirror, looking beautiful. That's, that is breathtaking. That's really beautiful. So in the black and white photo, he's, he's facing directly at the camera. She's, her body is turned toward him, but she's looking back in a mirror and you can see her face in the reflection. And if you can tell Rachel, they're holding hands. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. They are holding hands. Oh, that's really sweet. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and that dress is like, cause you can see the bottom of it in the color photo, that dress is bold and I love it. It's like really traditional at the top, but then it goes bold at the bottom. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's go into our, with that, let's go into our Royals around the world factoid of the week. We actually, I think only have like two or three more weeks of this. We'll definitely finish by the end of the year, which is kind of sad. Cause I've loved this segment and I hope you have two listeners, but today we are headed to two countries. We are headed to Jordan and we are headed to Belgium. And that's very random, but the Royal wedding of 2023, in my opinion, belongs to the Jordanian Royal family. No, no question about it. 
Crown Prince Hussein married this past June. All of the world's royals turned up for it. You remember this, listeners. King Abdullah, who is on the throne in Jordan and who ascended on February 7th, 1999, was originally due to pass the crown to his half-brother, Prince Hamza. But in 2004, King Abdullah rescinded that. So he had no heir, no designated heir from 2004 until 2009 when it was given to Crown Prince Hussein. And just as Hussein married in June, so too did Hussein's parents, Abdullah and Queen Rania. And by everybody marries in June. Um, I mean, not everybody, I guess, but all the Swedish royals married in June. So well, they call it June Bride. I her. guess. But um, King Abdullah and Queen Rania met at a dinner party in January 1993. They married just five months later on June 10th. And then they went on to have four children. So that was a very quick courtship. That might be one of the quicker courtships. Wow. In, and and then juxtapose it with William and Kate who were together for like 5,000 years. But then I want to, and speaking of weddings, so let's go to the royal family of Belgium. So King Philippe is on the throne. He has been since July 21st of 2013. He w- married Mathilde in 1999. She's now queen. She is the first native born Belgian queen, which kind of is kind of surprising. So Belgian practice is absolute primogeniture. So their eldest child, Elizabeth, we talk about her on the show pretty frequently these days. She will take the throne as opposed to her brother, Gabriel, who was born right behind her. So when Philippe and Mathilde married on December 4th, 1999, their wedding marked the very last royal wedding of the millennium, not just of the year, not just of the decade, not just of the century, the millennium, December 4th, 1999. So there's that. And uh, that's what I've got for you today. So we're going to go to a couple of other countries next week and we're just, we're doing this thing. And like I said, we've got maybe two or three weeks left. So I hope you listeners are continuing to enjoy that. Absolutely. And please do us a favor for our third birthday. Yeah. Go out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a really kind review. We would really appreciate that. Yeah, it really would mean the world to us. And not just because it's our third birthday, but also because it's our third birthday. Someone left a review. Actually, you know what? I'm going to pull it up and read it. This is off script, but I saw it in passing. So forgive me because I wasn't really planning on doing Oh, I think this. I missed this, Rachel. I'm excited to hear Yeah. It. So the username is listen while you work. And it's the, and then it's the emoji of like the glasses, smiley face. This person said, I love this pot five-star review, which we always appreciate. This person said, I love this podcast. Always learning more about not just the British Royal, but Royals all over the world. Keep up the good work. Well, we will. I think we sure yeah, will. Thank so thank you for that. And you know, why we ask for this every episode is not just because we need it to boost our egos. It helps our algorithm. It helps people find us. It helps people come and join the podcast Royal Loyals. So for our third birthday, And just because you love us, please get on there. Leave a five-star review. Our new policy listeners is if you love us, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, then email us and we'll, we'll (laughs) we'll talk it out. So happy birthday to us. Not much fanfare over here. We're kind of doing the King Charles thing and not doing a whole lot of fanfare, but I'm really proud to be entering year four with you and all of you listeners. And again, hang out with us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Always feel free to email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And that wraps up episode 
114 and in one fell swoop year three of podcast royal so we'll talk to you next week bye bye Thank you.